Trading Nut, episode 191. So there were many times where I believed, yeah, I've got it. And then you get humbled. Yeah, I've got it. I'm a master. I know this. I've just done it. I know it. And then you get humbled. And it was only when I started letting go of the concept of, yes, I've got it, did I get it. And that's paradoxical. It's like I had to let go of the idea that I've got this to get it. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got a trader by the name of Lewis Kelly on the show. Now Lewis is a smart money concepts trader based in Bali and if you're thinking does he know Lorenzo who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, yes he does. Uh, now he is heavily influenced by Dr. Joe Dispenza, you're going to find out all about that and how it influences his trading and what he does differently to what a lot of other traders do in later on in the show. Now before we jump into it, just want to remind you of the City Traders Imperium competition which is the Funded Traders World Cup 2022 you can only enter if you are a funded trader. If you've passed funding challenges, uh, you can prove that you've done that. But they've got some massive prizes up for grabs. So go and check that out. Links underneath the video or in the podcast description or over there on tradingnut.com. And whilst you're there, guys, whilst you're there, please uh, go and check out my new thing, the Robot Lab Live. It's up there on the site. It's uh, a new thing we're doing here on Trading Nut where we're going to build a trading robot from scratch across the course of a few weeks or months, and you guys are going to be part of that process. So go and check it out while you're over there on tradingnut.com. Enough from me, let's get on with the show. Folks, if you're looking for the skills to get funded, then the bank-level trading strategy from my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, may be the perfect solution for you. Now, get this, trades average 1-5 to risk to reward with a 40-50% to win rate. And the strategy combines the best of smart money concepts, wave theory, and Wyckoff theory. Plus, it's been successfully used to pass CTI's evaluation challenge. To find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above or visit citytradersimperium.com. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Art. We've got Lewis Kelly in the house, uh, all the way over there in Bali. Uh, welcome to the show, Lewis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, look, you're not the you're not the first trader from Bali we've had on the show in recent times. We've also had uh, Lorenzo, who actually recommended you and is one of your your mates over there. So, um, thank you, Lorenzo, for that. Now, we're going to get your story, which I think is probably going to be quite useful for the guys that are just getting towards that tipping point of you know being able to um, say that they're trading for a living. So, uh, do you want to start off? before we get into that detail around your story as to how you got here and you're in Bali now and, and what brought you into trading in the first place? Yeah, sure. So um, just 18 months ago now, I was playing full-time semi-professional football back in the United Kingdom. Um, had no exposure to actually day trading. I was um, in the crypto market a fair bit. Uh, I was introduced to crypto when I was about 16 to a project called XRP. 
And I just went down the rabbit hole studying XRP, but only from an investment perspective. So nothing to do with trading really. So I was playing full-time semi-professional football and we got to a point where lockdown hit. And when lockdown hit, I was no longer able to play every day. We was no longer able to go into training camp. There was no games, there was no fixtures. It was only full-time professional teams that were actually allowed to you know, train and play matches. And before that, I'd had this weird, like inherent feeling inside of my soul or whatever you want to call it, just inside my gut, this intuitive feeling that I should be doing something else. And this feeling and this thought process had been nagging away at me, but I'd always just put it off to the side because I was so busy with football, right? And, you know, I had a business on the side. I was in like e-commerce. Um, so we had a nice brand where we sold these like creative air forces. Um, so that was interesting. So just entre- I've been an entrepreneur since I was like a child, literally. So entrepreneurship, football, no time really to think about what it was inside my soul that was saying you need to do something bigger or you need to do something where you're sharing. Um, lo and behold, lockdown hit, funny how the universe works and I couldn't play football. And in order to actually then play football again, I would need to, you know, take the new medical procedures that they were bringing out and stuff. It didn't really align with me as a person. So I couldn't play football. And that was it. It was devastating, like huge blow. I could no longer do the thing that I absolutely loved. But a part of me knew that that's how it was supposed to be. And so I had a friend of mine who was shortly thinking about going out to Bali. I'm going to spend some time in Bali, lifestyle. He was a trader himself and he invited me and it was at the time where like my world was crashing and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to take the leap. Um, I'm living in the UK. I feel like I don't really belong here. I feel like an anomaly. No one understands me. I'm different. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so we actually went out to Dubai like for a transitionary period because Bali was still closed. So we went on such a whim we was like, okay, let's just go here. This is not too far from Bali. If it opens, we'll just go. And so we ended up spending a, a month in Dubai, which was great, but still, again, not really my type of lifestyle. Um, I like peace and tranquility. Dubai is a bit more like hectic. Um, so yeah, we spent a month in Dubai and then that's where I really started trading, learning to trade full time. And my friend, he was a trader and I was learning some things off him about like Fibonacci retracements and you know, a lot of these retail concepts of like support and resistance and double tops or head and shoulders, these types of things um, that was really all pattern recognition, which there was a part of me that didn't believe that's how it really worked. But a part of me that was like, okay, I know nothing else. This guy seems to know what he's doing. Let me just follow along. So we ended up then coming out to Bali. And just before we got out to Bali, the crypto market started booming which was amazing because everyone's a genius in a bull run. So my, you know, my um, $15,000, $20,000 worth of savings now were all of a sudden $100,000, $90,000. I was like, great, I can stay in Bali longer. I can proceed. I can do this. And then, you know, I wasn't really making any progress with the trading. So crypto market crashed. And I had no idea that it was crashing, right? As a trader, someone learning to trade, I couldn't realize that the market was crashing or psychologically I was too greedy. So there were two things that really rocked my world. 
because I really didn't know what I was doing because if I had known what I was doing, then I would have been out of the market. And that got me then thinking, okay, well, how does this market stuff really work? How do these markets work? And I am inherently fascinated by like macroeconomics, by people like Ray Dalio or Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. They're like my favorite people. And I understand they have like blueprints and frameworks for cyclical patterns, that kind of processes that always seem to play out. And I never um, hear them speak about like technical things or um, pattern recognition. And so lo and behold, I'm searching for these, like how to trade, like how to read the markets. And then I came across this concept called smart money, right? And the theory of smart money resonated so deeply with me that the idea that there is a predetermined algorithm that is controlled by the central banks, that it does have principles that are likened to universal principles, such as cause and effect and supply and demand. And that just, it just resonated with me and it felt right and it turned out to be right and so i just went down the rabbit hole and i just constantly diving in learning failing making mistakes learning failing making mistakes and um ray dalio has this concept it's like pain plus reflection equals progress and so when you fail and you reflect on the failure you will make progress and so i was using that framework time in time out and lo and behold six nine months later here I am, consistently profitable, trading that concept. Interesting. It, it, that, that's a fascinating story. Now, um, what what I want to know is about your friend. So your friend who was a tra- was trading at that time, was he making a living from trading or was he just a trader who so, had a few things so, that he could do? Yeah, well, at that time, like, I was completely new to the trading world, so I was thinking, like, he is making a living from trading because – now I understand in actuality, we don't really speak now, um, but now I understand in actuality what he was doing was portraying the idea he traded right. to bring people into his ecosystem to sell them like um, uh, signals and then using like broker deals and then making commissions off, off, the, off the brokers. Right, okay. And so he wasn't actually consistently profitable. Right, okay. Yeah, that's what and I it took me. It took me a decent while to... to the penny to drop and be like, oh, you're not actually trading. Right. So, And was he actually course. trading or he wasn't even placing trades? He was literally just... No, he was. Telling, oh, he, he was, was placing, placing trades. trades and he, yes. was so, he was so convincing yeah. and so manipulative that he was able to fool me into believing like he's this amazing trader who like wouldn't sell his strategy for less than a million dollars and wasn't <laughs> okay. actually even... Yeah, crazy. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, hence why, uh, okay. I, d- I don't need to ask the second question, which was like, um, is he, is he still making money over there in, in Bali? But he's not, he's, he's not, not here in Bali now. Okay. No. So, so you, so you dove into the smart money concepts. Now talk us through that sort of rabbit hole and how, and the ins and outs of it. Cause I know a lot of guys listening, uh, have probably found the show because of smart money concepts. Cause there are quite a few episodes and we've got guys doing live streams and stuff on it as well. So they probably, you know, some people dip their toe in the water, some people dive straight in head first. How did it work for you? Well, at the time, nothing was working that I was looking for. And uh, I found a mentor who introduced me to Smart Money and what he was showing me worked. And I would come onto the charts and see it. Like at that time, don't get me wrong, I didn't, I wasn't able to build the narrative like I can now, like the whole framework story. 
um, of un really understanding order flow and things like that. Like now it's crystal clear, but at the time I couldn't understand, but he was showing me things like um, liquidity and supply and demand, the two main ones, um, because order flow and structure, most people know, but we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, I was seeing these things called, you know, order blocks, which are essentially just areas of supply and demand being respected time and time again price was tapping into these areas and giving the reactions out exactly how he was predicting it and so that to me was a clear indication okay this guy's know like this guy knows what he's doing and it's working and i like the framework and the concept behind it and he also told me about a guy named richard wyckoff where a lot of these concepts had started from and so I, you know, done a bit of a deep dive into Richard Wyckoff and, you know, he's this Wall Street mogul and that was like, okay, like if he's created these concepts and he's saying this is how the market works, then okay, this is how the market works. And I've been in that framework ever since. And I've been able to detach my ego a lot more now to the point where I'm like, uh, because before when I first figured it out and I was able to read the crypto market then and get out when I needed to and get in when I needed to. Oh, like everyone else around me in Bali, because there's a lot of crypto guys here, um, but none of them actually understand how the markets work. And like, there was a level of ego within me that was like, I know, and you don't type of thing. And I've been able to drop that now to not saying that, you know, smart money is absolutely how the markets work. It's like the markets work how they work. Smart money is just one way in which to read that footprint. And what were, what were some of the sort of challenges around getting an understanding of it all and uh and you know can you reveal who your mentor was as well yeah so from um the big challenge was coming completely from scratch but at the same time that was a blessing because a lot of people that go through smart money concepts they actually have to deprogram certain belief systems about how the markets work to then reprogram new ones and so I actually didn't have the deprogramming process. And so for me, it was just like all new information because I was consuming a lot of information about like um, previously about support and resistance or head and shoulders or Fibonacci, et cetera. But on a, like, on a subconscious level, I knew none of it worked. Right. So there was, it was so easy for me to just throw that framework out there and be like, okay, cool, next. Okay, cool, next. And so when smart money concepts hit, it, it was just a, it was a game changer. And the, the guy, which we actually first discovered, his name was Ment, Ment FX. Ah, oh, yeah. I've had a quick, very quick conversation with him he, he, to see if he could come on the show uh, probably two years ago now. So, okay. Yeah. So you, you found Ment, yeah? Yeah. And then like I, I took, um, I took Ment's concepts and, um, like I use a lot of them now, but I don't use Wyckoff. And he has these some other concepts like uh, this three box thing, which I, like didn't resonate with me. I just kind of took the the pure concepts of just literally order flow, fractals, supply and demand, liquidity inducement, and then started building something myself. And then I I found a another smart money trader. Uh, his name is Tyson. Uh, he was killing it, and he he simplified it for me um he gave me some new concepts of like liquidity to target liquidity to take type of thing and then i got into the whole um asian session range where you understand the sessions and kind of the the market cycle in in the way in which 
you know, each session takes a level of liquidity from the other session. And if it doesn't take the level of liquidity from the other session, then the liquidity will be taken from both sides. And if all the liquidity has been taken to the, the buy side, then more than likely the market's going to go to the sell side because that's where the liquidity is. And the purpose of the market is just to capture liquidity. It's just to collect orders. That's it. An algorithm designed to collect orders, period. And so, so it's, I mean, like for the for the non-versed uh, in smart money or, or even a newbie trader or someone who's just listening to the show for the first time, they're going to be going, what the hell? I, I've got no idea what you've just talked about there with all, any of these concepts. I don't understand yeah. it. I mean, for you going in fairly fresh as well, and yeah. it's only not that long ago, I mean, how yeah. how hard would you say it is to understand and learn all this and then remember it all to then apply it and then yeah. on top of that get the right mindset? So I like to use the word, it's a challenge because, I mean, hard is, you know, it's relative. And by seeing something as hard and difficult, you're going to impress on your subconscious mind that it's hard and difficult and you're going to have a harder and difficult process of learning. And so I, I see everything through the lens of, okay, this is a puzzle. How can I solve the puzzle? And what that does is it makes things more fun, more enjoyable, and it takes the friction away from the learning process, which I do also believe is why I'm able to like learn something and it stick a little bit quicker because I don't see it as like, it's not resistant. It's just more of a flow. Um, so how difficult was it? It was definitely challenging. Like I would, I would have the concept and I'd be drawing the concepts in the book of like uh, order flow and fractals and supply and demand. And my book would look amazing. Like my physical handwriting book, amazing. And I'll come to the charts and be like, okay, now what, what's this point and that point? And like, it just becomes a mess. Yeah. And, and so um, I'm like, okay, back to the drawing board. And I was like, okay, why don't I just try one thing at a time? Why don't I just master the first lesson? and don't move on until I understand it on the charts. And so then I started going from here to here. And I was like, okay, I can see something now. And I'm like, okay, here to here. And that back and forth really instilled it into me easier. And then it's just like anything, the more reps you do, the easier it gets. Right. And so, so that was, was that, how did you do your back testing? Were, were you doing it like on a, on a backtesting bit of software or are you just looking just at a completed view. chart or how were you doing it? Trading just, view. Just trading view. Yeah, yeah. So replay like, mode? Um, yeah, yeah. Replay. Ah, yep. yep. Um, so my backtests were on replay mode and then I'd also do some case studies. Um, so for example, I would look at yesterday's price action whilst already knowing everything that had happened. Mm. And I'll go, okay, how does this fit into what I know? Yeah. And then I'll build a case study around it. And okay, was there an opportunity for me to get into any trades? If yes, why? And then build an entire case study about over, around that, about like border flows like this and structures like this. Um, that was like a real game changer for me. Mm. That, that's funny, funny you say that, because that's something I do, but I've never heard it called a term or, or like as a case study. Which is quite good. It's a quite a good term to, to use. I mean, I've heard of backtesting and stuff, and most people will jump on a backtester. But what I'll tend to do is have a look at yeah, go back and have a look at yesterday, and then go straight through it all and see what what actually would have played out in hindsight, and then what I did and go, 
where did it all fall apart? You know, all <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it, and that, that I find more useful than going through and doing a back tester, as you've yeah. rightly said there. Um, okay, yeah. cool. So, so when did you finally sort of go right? This thing has clicked for me massively. I've cracked it, and then were you able to sustain that forever in a day, or did it, did you get a setback in there along the way? So th- there were many times where I believed, yeah, I've got it. And then you get humbled. Yeah, I've got it. I'm a master. I know this. I've just done it. I know it. And then you get humbled. And it was only <laughs> when I started letting go of the concept of, yes, I've got it, did I get it. And that's paradoxical. It's like I had to let go of the idea that I've got this to get it. Yeah. Which is like um, philosophical in, in a way. Um, so, yeah and it's an ongoing process and that's something i had to accept it's like you never get it because you know you you might take a trade and be like oh now in hindsight i see this and this and so uh, and with smart money concepts it's like it's definitely practical and manual Mm -hmm. and somewhat robotic but there's also a level of intuition that goes into this style of trading, at least from my perspective, because there's a narrative that you have to build. It's a story on what's actually happening in the markets. It's I, I personally build a story of, okay, um, where are the banks taking price and how are they delivering that price? And so it, it becomes somewhat intuitive to understand, okay, what well, this area looks very clearly like liquidity versus you know a trend line it's like okay it's not a trend line or it is a trend line so it's a it's a a little bit less like yes and no it's a little bit more like you know fluid Does that make sense yeah 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 so i mean it, it sounds from from my perspective it's more like almost you, you the more you do it the more yes. things you understand that you can't really be taught if you know what i mean it's yeah like... yeah oh that that happened for sure because you can teach the concepts um very easily and like i, I can show you some things if we, if we do get onto some charts um of order flow and structure and supply and demand but then there's just other things like knowing you know why this zone and not that zone mm. right yeah yeah and that that can be taught to a degree but you have to see it time and time again mm. to understand. Seen you before, your liquidity. Yeah, I'm avoiding yeah. you. See you later. And I like the fact that you said, you know, that the oh, I've got it, and having to let go of that, I've got it. Because oh, I swear, I've said to my daughter maybe a dozen times, I've cracked it, I've got it, and then literally as soon as I say that, it's like the nail in the coffin. <laughs> the yeah. next day, it all yeah. falls apart, and I'm like, it's what? funny. <laughs> it's so funny how how the universe works because like how I see life is an ever ongoing evolutionary process and so the minute you think you've complete something is laughable because there is no complete there is no finish line it's infinite life is infinite and so the minute you think you've got it i know it i swear it's like the universe comes around it's like oh you think you've got it huh learn this now now this now this and like even me to to this point it's like uh from where i was to where i am is like unrecognizable literally but there are still times where 
you get humbled. Um, I'm, I'm using the phrase humbled in such a way where you think you know and you don't uh, as, yeah. the, as the reference to humbled. And that's great. Um, yeah, yeah it's, trading it's, is such a mirror. Yeah, it's. I mean, back back to that point. I mean, it's very much like. Uh, I mean, I sort of the other day even just related it back to some. You know, I'll play a game of football one week. You know, you play football, I play football, and one week I'll have an absolute blinder, and nothing's changed from the one week to the next. The next week I can't do anything right, and I'm like, well, hang on a sec. I've been playing this game for like. 20 or probably mm. 30 odd maybe 40 years yeah, 40 odd yeah, years yeah. 30 odd years 39 years or something so how can i have a good day and a bad day it doesn't make sense i surely i should be on a constantly constant level or ever increasing but it's the same as trading right yeah yeah same with trading um, which really gets me to the point of let's use the analogy right two traders same mental same concepts same time how does one produce one result and another produce another result? Instantly from that data, you have to go, okay, there's a different variable. And that variable is this. It's, it's, it's your mind. It's your programs. It's your psychology. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets me into things like prosperity consciousness, if you've heard of that. Uh, not that particular term, no. I know your YouTube so, channel is called Prosperity something, isn't it? Or Yeah. 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 Prosperity Academy. Um, so essentially like if i can put it in as much of a nutshell as possible without going like too confusing or too deep um it's been scientifically proven that we live in a quantum realm which essentially means we've moved out of the newtonian model of reality which is just cause and effect like you are a victim to your reality into a new model of reality where you can cause and effect so you can create your reality right so it's essentially the creation of this thing is through the thoughts and the feelings that you have. And those thoughts and feelings dictate what actions you take. And those actions dictate what results you get. So we all have these unconscious thought patterns and emotion patterns that are running unconsciously without us even noticing that they're running. And they're, without even knowing, dictating all of our decisions. And so one person has a unconscious programmed belief system that um, money is the root of all evil because it was passed down from generation to generation. Now, that, that belief is contrary to their goals because they want to get rich, but on another hand, subconsciously, they believe that money is a root of all evil. And so that's where they will self-sabotage themselves, their goals for where they're at. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah, prosperity come. consciousness yeah. is a process where we go into the operating system, which is the mind, where all of this is stored. And we take out limiting beliefs that limit our potential. And we replace them with infinite beliefs that expand our potential and that's the concept of prosperity consciousness and it's something that i've worked with a lot of traders as a mentor because like i said before i had this innate calling in me that i needed to do something else and i know that that something else is teaching i love to share my knowledge my wisdom my expertise where no matter what it is like i was always destined to teach whether it's teaching trading or investing or spirituality or whatever i was supposed to teach 
So I've te- taught a lot of people and that's something I've learned time and time again. It's the people that have the uh, prosperity consciousness pick it up way faster and they're just way quicker to be able to get it versus the people that have more of a lack consciousness because they'll sabotage themselves without even knowing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting con- um that most people don't really talk about in the trading industry, but it's it's real. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's funny because my uh, well, my mindset mentor uh, Andy Murphy, who's been on the show, mm. I know on his podcast years ago, I heard a story where uh, I can't remember if he related it or it was a recording of whatever the story was, or he read an article, but they had in a separate room some kind of matter, and I can't remember what the matter was, and then in another room um, they had a bunch of people doing this special kind of thinking which was trying to affect the matter and what whatever they did i mean they managed to get through the wall and into this glass case and the thing on the other side did this thing whatever it was it like exploded it didn't explode it it, it changed in some it, way shape changed, or form right? yeah yeah that's the point it's, it's like you can change matter yeah that was it there it was it was a, a case of like they were thinking certain things Amazing. and with you know so this expect Go and look in Forbes or some other sort of journal like that. I think you'll find it in there. Um, now, uh, talking about um, or going back into your trading, but we're, we're going to find out about your trading stats now, yeah. and then we're going to dive a bit more into yeah. the mindset kind of stuff. So, do you want to sort of relay what your you know, your overall trading stats look like at the moment? You know, yeah. uh, average winners, risk to reward, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so I would say. I have two systems. I have one swing and one more intraday. And so the swing is like more reliable, but less trades and lower risk reward. Whereas the intraday is less reliable, more trades, more reward. So that's the first point to differentiate. Um, but on average, I would say hitting around a 30% strike rate. So 30% of my trades will be winners. Okay. And, now, yeah. and, and risk to reward, what would they... On every risk three. reward usually minimum one to seven right so quite but, high but yeah up to up to you know um 15 20 25 30 and then there's some scenarios in where i'll leave partials running and i'll give like an explanation of how it works because it seems crazy to some people but like one to 60s and one to 70s mm. and so what like always what time frames what time frames would you be entering in for that kind of risk to reward? One minute time frame. One minute, okay. And and obviously your targets are, are on higher time frames or based on the smart money. Yeah, so it's approach. like you build the higher time frame narrative because the higher time frame is the strongest data reference to where price is going. And then you reverse engineer it. And so when you go into a lower time frame, all you're perceiving on that lower time frame is a fractal version of the higher time frame. So imagine you have a higher time frame scenario and where you are right now is just where you are in relation to that scenario. And so by understanding the higher time frame scenario, you understand where you are much clearer because now you know where you're going on the higher time frame and where you are in relation to where you're going, which is all you need to know. And for for the so I'm guessing is your are your intraday trades the one minute trades yes yeah and how many times would you try and get into a trade before you, you know with your thirty percent win rate would you before you sort of go okay well this one's now invalid or, or is it a one time hit it either works so, or it doesn't so each each POI 
which is just means point of interest, which is an area on the high time frame that I'll take trades out of. I'll give myself two attempts, right? Because the first one can get induced as liquidity, but I still have to take it because it meets the plan, and then it can sweep it and then give another one, right? But then, like sweeping the third time, I'm usually just like it's an over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And how many uh, markets are you looking across? Um two or three so it depends because i already know kind of what the higher time frame scenarios are so when i have for example uj because the three that i look at is eu gu and uj but let's say one of those markets which is usually uj is just in no man's land and there's just like nothing there for me i don't not interested in really getting involved i'll just leave it out um, and so when I say two or three, people are like, what? It's either two or three. It's like, well, sometimes like there are no man's land and I'll just be like, no, I'm not touching you for another like week. I'll see where you're at, where you've mm. evolved to in a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, usually two and, and GU and EU, they move pretty similarly. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Two or three. And, and when you first started out, like in the, you know, so you've gone from crypto to trading, uh, the um, currencies, how did you how did you manage your sort of initial deposit and grow your initial deposit slash blow your prop account? Firms. Um, yeah, how prop did you firms. prop firms? Okay, that's right. So you're yeah, so I've never I've never blown an account, which is rare. So yeah, it's, it's that's like rare. a common yeah. Yeah. common thing. Um, risk management, like like I said, I've inherited like um inherently a finance guy i believe so like even before that entrepreneurship and investing it's like i would never put myself in a position where i could lose all of my money that's not good risk management it's interesting because the the prop firms didn't i suppose when you started there were plenty of prop firms to choose from right whereas guys who started five years ago probably didn't have anything um so i mean it's a massive advantage in this day and age uh So, so how many did, did were you able to like complete and pass the prop firm challenges straight away? Is that how you sort of went into it, or did you have many no, attempts? And what was your approach to this? I definitely didn't pass the first time, um, which I don't I don't know anyone who who did pass first time because there's there's a part of you that thinks you've got it too too early, and you just don't. And, and I just don't know anybody who because you have to fail. And that failure causes pain to then reflect on why you failed and that's how you progress and so you don't know until you try you miss every shot you don't shoot so everyone's gonna take challenges inexperienced and if i could give any advice i would say don't allow your ego to take over and go straight for a 200k challenge because you're so caught up in greed yeah and you think you're gonna make six figures in your first ever trading month yeah because that's what i did yeah and I would say, like, if you are going to start your prop firm, start on small accounts, like, you know, literally the smallest you can get to make sure you can pass the challenge and then start moving on to, to larger capital. Um, because, yeah, I failed many, like four or five challenges before I got one. Right. And, and, um, so, and then... Yeah, sorry, go yeah. on. Go on. And then I lost one. Right. And then you'd get one back and then you would, you know, get payouts and then lose one again. And so it's just all a part of the journey. Um, and, and the thing with prop firms is they're, they're, they're definitely an advantage. Um, like 
without a shadow of a doubt, they're an advantage, but they're not the be all and end all. You actually want private, you actually want your own capital or private equity mm. because you are limited to, if you know your numbers, you're kind of limited to what you can risk based on the things like drawdown and the, um, you know, the max drawdown you can have and, and stuff like that. And I use MENT funding um, and you know, you can only lose 5%. So you're very limited to what you can risk, but oh, without a shadow of doubt, they are game changing because I can imagine like at the start of trading when there wasn't prop firms to be motivated enough to start like a thousand, because most people are coming from nine to fives, right? Mm. And it's very difficult to get private equity for those types of investments from people to invest into your trading account. So very few had that you might get lucky in penny stocks or something like that but yeah it's it's it baffles me how people actually got started with like thousand dollar accounts and two thousand dollar accounts and were able to just persist and are still going today and, mm. and and those are the ones that are you know like really really killing it and they might have multi-millions now because they've been through all the psychological yeah. programming and, yeah. and conditioning to get that yeah. that fascinates me it's funny i'm a, a guy who'd been on the show before omar i saw it on his twitter the other day saying that and I don't know how true this is, but it, it, it sort of can could be true, where it was like if you've got to make ten percent at a prop firm, um, with ten percent, like even ten percent risk, then you essentially doubling a was it doubling a um, or ten xing a thousand dollar account or doubling a thousand dollar account or something like or a hundred dollar account, something to that effect. It, it yeah. just it just sort of put it into perspective, uh, yes. right? Let's carry let's crack on with uh, some of the mindset stuff. So. You started off um, our conversations actually before this show with the fact that you didn't want to do this interview earlier on than it currently is because you spend a lot of the morning doing uh, mindset-related stuff. Do you want to walk us through what you do personally and then also how you overcame the mindset side of of trading? Yeah. Um, So a big thing for me is to keep it like, as tried to keep it as simple as possible, is the quantum model of reality. So I'm not going to go into what that is and all that sort of stuff. It's just essentially understand that we create our own reality. What I've already said, we create our own reality based off our thoughts and emotions. And so I, of course I spend a lot of my time um, in meditation. And so I, I will spend an hour, 90 minutes a day in meditation where, and, and not every single day, but I try to do it as consistently as possible where I'm going into the operating system because we have two levels of the mind. We have the conscious and we have the subconscious. The conscious, the masculine, the subconscious, the feminine. So the subconscious is what actually creates reality and the conscious is your logic. So I will spend, you know, 45 to 60 minutes in the morning in meditation first thing whilst my brainwaves are still in theta. First thing, I'm going into meditation with a name a guy named dr joe dispenser oh yeah so anyone who's books, yeah. interested to kind of understand where this framework of you know um quantum mechanics comes from go and check out dr joe dispenser incredible guy he's like made people that couldn't walk people oh, we've lost your audio the power of their mind oh sorry we lost your audio there for a second uh so he's sorry, made bro. people who couldn't walk and yeah people who couldn't walk and people who couldn't see, he was able to make them walk again. He was able to make them see again 
through the power of their own mind. So uh, in the morning, the first thing I'm doing when I wake up is I'm going into the operating system where all of my unconscious thoughts and emotions are and I'm reprogramming them like a, like you would a computer software program. Mm. It's the same thing. I'm in the operating system. I'm reprogramming the mind. So after I've reprogrammed the mind, then I'm going out and spending time in nature, walking on the beach with my dog, ocean, beach, like land, water, and just really tuning in to nature and like clarity and peace and tranquility which are like really some of my core principles of, of how to live. And especially as a trader, there's so much noise. Um, there's your routine speaks massively of kind of the results you're going to get. Because if you wake up in the morning and you know, the first thing you do is kind of go on your phone and you're just going to be instilled with all of these other people's thought process and lifestyle and belief systems, unconsciously you're tapping into other people's realm their energy field and you're going to be getting the thoughts they think the beliefs they have the emotions they feel because that's we that's the world we actually live in um just how information travels instantly anywhere so does our thoughts and our emotions very interesting thing like have you ever had it where you've thought of someone and then they've called you yeah. right after yeah i've it, literally like, happens all the time like i'll, yeah, I'll yeah. think Oh, why isn't that person responding to me? And literally a minute later, they'll respond to me on like email or Twitter or or Telegram or something like that. <laughs> it's exactly. like I've just called it out. Yeah, yeah. Because either you've either you thinking of them has triggered them, and yeah. they've thought of you because it's yeah. the same, or they've think, thought of you. And I need to call him back, and you're like, why, why haven't you called me back? Yeah, because he's triggered you yeah. by thinking about you. Yeah. So if you the first thing you do in the morning is check your phone, you're doing that with so yeah. many other people and then trying to go onto the charts because i see the charts as a mirror when i'm in here it's a mirror of myself my beliefs my emotions all of those things and it's going to mirror back to me whatever i'm thinking so to start the day a declutter in the mind and being in tran tranquil nature that brings you to peace and if i'm at peace with the markets then it's like the best framework i found to get the results out of the market now when did you start doing this like hour-long meditation in the morning and the walks when the i was when i was 18 i was introduced to it when i was 19 i really started doing it and now i'm 21 and, so, and how did you do that when you're in the uk what did you do as an alternative yeah so um i was living at home with my mom at like 18 19 so i would just literally airpods in or or wired earphones in and close my door put a pillow on the floor sit up my door and meditate like that and then after my meditation we lived in tamworth where i played football and i would go on go on a walk um, it was relatively in nature because we lived like kind of in the countryside kind of not so i would just go on a walk we, we had this like this farm area I'd walk around the farm area with my dog and there was a little river there. So I was like so blessed to have that because I, I had that space. And I was but I wasn't trading at that time. So I wasn't translating it into my trading, but I was doing it for myself to mm. be a best the better version of myself. And, and were you I mean, have you got any sort of um and this is something I've done like and I've 
they say I'd probably do it more often than I would in in the summer than winter. But um, around grounding yourself, or like you know, getting the shoes yeah. off, and did, was Every that day. part of it or not? Or um, back then, not or? not in the UK. Yeah. Um, not in the UK really. I wasn't really introduced to that. Well, I was introduced to it, but didn't take it seriously. Uh, but in Bali, like, oh, every day, every day, no shoes, no socks, just yeah. like grass and yeah. anything, because it really has an impact on you. Like, it really does bring you like you're grounded, you're centered, you're back in yourself. Um, it, it's so powerful and so subtle. Also, to to notice the difference is so subtle, but such a big effect it has. Mm. no doubt yeah so so going into the sort of minutiae around and i'm guessing i mean I, I i let's say i find it hard to believe that you are able to dive into the charts and not suffer from any of the sort of common mindset or psychological issues that most traders oh. suffer like you know revenge trading uh fear of missing out oh, that sort of thing i mean how did you how did you overcome those that are sort of like more of a you know you're in front of the screens now kind of challenge yeah so i mean we all have it like without a doubt everybody has it and and i too do have it um revenge trading i don't really have the most of um but ways to overcome them essentially you have to understand them what are they right what is revenge trading what is fear of missing out you know what are cutting your losses like what are these psychological things what are they at their deepest level and their emotions their emotions of fear or greed humans innate nature is not to trade because we don't want to lose money we we see that as dying literally the ego sees losing money as death right so we was never supposed to be doing this which is why ai and robots are very good (laughs) um so yeah when you understand that when you understand what they are their emotions of fear and greed what i'm able to do um through a lot of you know work on meditation and consciousness is i'm very able to put myself my awareness in my body and understand what i'm feeling Yeah. That make sense? yeah yeah it makes sense yeah. and so there's a there's a scale of consciousness and every and this consciousness thing is emotions and so there's there's an emotional scale and the highest possible emotion is enlightenment then like lo- then joy love peace etc and the lowest of lows you have shame guilt anger fear jealousy hatred and so like one huge thing is that meditation in the morning where i'm reprogramming myself because I'm taking myself out of those lower emotions and into higher emotions. And so when I'm coming into the charts, I'm projecting higher level emotions onto the charts. And so I'm not in a, I'm not in a state of fear or, or greed. I'm in a state of abundance and joy. And so that framework has been huge. And one thing I will say is like, I know without going to woo woo, we have literal energy centers in our body. And we call them chakras and not like i'm not woo woo like yoga yogi sit in the mountains type of person i'm practical i'm materialist like i'm down to earth but we have these lower three energy centers they're just centers where we store energy and the lower three are governed by survival 
which is the ego. It's like survival. It's do I have a like shelter, food and sex? And then our higher ones are creation. And that's where abundance comes from. And so every morning I'm for 15 minutes pulling all of my energy out of the three lower ones into the higher ones, like literally as an energetic practice with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And so they are real, phys like tangible things that you can do with your energy that put you in a state of being that enables you to limit the capacity in which you act out of those lower vibrational emotions, such as fear and greed. Now, of course, we're all humans. We still make mistakes. We still do it. But to the degree in which is lowered. And so... Uh couple of things on that would you where would you see yourself as a whole on that whole scale like with enlightenment enlightenment mm. being at the top you feel like you're there or you... no no further that down course. middle yeah well there's fragments of us there's a fragment of me that's still operating in in pride and anger and jealousy because they're fragments of the old self because from ages zero to seven, we're completely conditioned from external reality. And so I did not have an easy upbringing. I was, I was brought up around like literally like drugs and like gangs and, and that type of area. I grew up in Birmingham. It's not a great place. And I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't raised in Tamworth. I moved to Tamworth when I was like 17. So before then I was in like, you know, what people would call the, the ghetto literally so i didn't have an easy upbringing I, I didn't have the the right role models around me to show me these things and so i'm very relatable to a lot of people so i'm still this old self that's been was programmed for 15 16 years of anger and jealousy and lower vibrational emotions they still exist and so every day in that meditation I'm letting go of that old version of me and, and creating the new version of me. And slowly but surely, you gradually just move up the scale. So there's fragments of me still that operate in jealousy. But now there's also fragments that operate in peace and love that I never had before. Right. And so the the, the reprogramming, I, I, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if you just do meditation, you may not be like, there's no, pro is there any programming yeah. going on? Or are you meditation. actually having to add stuff to it like listening to an yeah, audio it, it's thing it's guided or... meditation right so okay. it's um it's called this right dr joe dispenza breaking the habit of being yourself and he also has a book that's called breaking the habit of being yourself but he has a 45 minute meditation on youtube that's called what i just said where oh. you basically what you do is for the first 15 minutes or 11 minutes whatever it is you're doing what I told, said, you're taking the energy out of the lower three centers and you're pulling it up your spine. That is like a fluid. You're pulling it up like a straw, bringing it out into these creative centers and you'll feel the elation of like bliss and peace. And it's just amazing because you're activating these higher energy centers that never get activated in most people. And after that, when you're very peaceful, he'll basically take you through a realm where you're bypass the analytical so you'll get beyond the the conscious which is the logic which is i've got problems to solve or this or that or it's the logical mind you have to get past it into what he calls the operating system which is just the subconscious mind where all of our programs are stored all of our emotions are stored and he'll go in there and he'll ask you what are 
belief systems? What are thought programs that you're running that you no want to run, no longer want to run? And you'll you'll have to your subconscious will bring something up. Like, oh, I'm literally unconsciously running that thought program or that emotional program. And after that, then he'll walk you through creating a new life. What does what does the best version of Lewis live? Who, what are the people around him? What's he doing? What house does he live in? What what about his family? You know, what things does he own? Whatever you want. And then he will attach a high vibrational emotion to it of love or peace or joy where you'll just be like oozing of this like fire. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And you're creating this new reality. Yeah. And you come out and you are living from that version of yourself now because that's the secret because everyone's thinking about a version they want to be in the future, but the future doesn't exist. So that version of yourself doesn't exist. So it will never happen. And that's why most people don't ever get where they want to go to because it's always in the future. But you reverse engineer it like Charlie Munger says, like inverted thinking. It's like, okay, be that version of myself now. What does he think? What does he feel? What does he do? And do it. And lo and behold, that doing will create it. And so again, you're not a victim to your reality. You are creating your reality. Awesome. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, on a more practical level, yeah. with somebody who's working a day job, they get home and they're like, well, I'm going to do my trading in the evening um, or vice versa. They wake up and they're going to do their trading in the morning. Um, hopefully they're not trying to do their trading at the lunch break. But they, what would you recommend from a mindset point of view in terms of either how they could implement what you've just sort of talked about or another approach that you'd sort of recommend? Yeah. So... Of course, like from a practical trading perspective, you have your trading plan, right? You have to have a trading plan because if you don't have a trading plan, every trade you're taking is a, is a failed trade, in my opinion. So you, you have to have your trading plan. Um, so now it's just a case of, okay, how do I just only execute my trading plan? And so if, like I said, meditation, you just need to take 15 minutes out of your day. If you don't have 15 minutes to take out of your day, then you need to take an hour because you should have that time for yourself. So you just like put on anything. Um, I personally recommend theta brainwave frequency. So you put this like this sound on essentially, which is just a frequency on your computer or your earphones. And it's just a, it's just a noise. And what it's doing is it's programming your mind to be in a certain brainwave. And from the theta brainwave, we're kind of in this like flowy creative mode where we're not really emotional. You're just kind of like flow and you just need to sit there for like 10, 15 minutes and just focus on your breathing. Just meditate. Like literally the key is hundred percent meditation. I mean, one of my favorite role models, um, Ray Dalio accredited most of his success to the meditation that he does because especially if you're working, you have all of these responsibilities, all of these things going on, the, the kids, the wife, the house, the bills, the job, the boss, you need to, whilst you're trading, be a different version. 
you can't allow those things to exist. And some may say that's impossible, but it's possible. You just have to put the reps in of meditation mm. to just let go. And those things can exist, but they don't have to be now. You need to take yourself out of the past or the future and bring yourself into the present moment, which is the now moment. And in that moment, that's when you'll be able to have an edge psychologically over the markets and over yourself. Mm. It's interesting. You just reminded me of uh, when I was working, I think it was like my second to last job before I went full-time doing this. Uh, and the, the people I was working with were like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I oh, have a listen. And they're like, it sounds like electricity. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, and it was like, it was, what I don't know if it was theta brainwaves or it was some kind of brainwave thing. I think it was a creativity enhanced thing. And I was actually coming up with yeah. a, with a strategy for, for something or other. Nice. And, and I needed the creativity. So I plugged that in and it gave me, and it was so much easier to come up with stuff yeah. because it just works. Right. Um, so well, if you guys don't think it works, it works. It uh, other things just before we finish, uh, we'll go into the quick fire yeah. round. Yeah. So if you anyone out there, because we mentioned chakras and yoga, if anyone out there is thinking, oh, I don't want to really want to be in a, in a room full of women because I'm a guy, um, that was me today. This is my yoga top. I literally was in there with maybe I don't know seven or eight women uh, doing yoga. I was the only guy, and I guarantee almost every single time I'm the only guy in there, or there was one other guy. And to be fair, I haven't gone for about three weeks, so I don't do it that often. But I was doing it regularly, like two or three times a week about six months ago so right that's enough for me let's jump into this uh quick fire round here so how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable um six months before i started to see some level of consistency nine months before i was like yep boom got it and then of course there's ins and outs but yeah nine months what's your favorite entry setup a favorite entry setup would be a 15 minute point of interest generated from a higher time frame premium or discount level of the leg with a one minute confirmation, which is in the form of change of character, a shift from supply to demand or demand to supply, and then enter, taking out the 15 minute lows and hopefully the higher time frame lows. Uh, what strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Um, usually when I get in on the one minute, when the one minute has a break of structure, I will move my stops to break even. Or if I can't move this up to break even because there's a level of supply or demand at the at the entry level still that could be mitigated, then I will take partials off at, at anywhere between four or five R of twenty or twenty five percent so that I am break even, and I'll take most of my partials seventy eighty percent at the fifteen minute week high or low, and then I'll leave some partials to run to the higher time frame order flow legs. Uh, what's your recommended trading book or resource? The Market Makers Matrix, which is an entire PDF. I don't know if where you'll actually find it. I don't know how I actually ended up with it. Someone give it me. It's basically a whole book on the concepts literally of smart money. Right, okay. Um, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, 8Cap and MT5 because I use Mint. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And what, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Um, yeah, 
any trade that doesn't follow my plan is my worst ever trade because you know i don't ha i don't trade with no stop losses like some people do and they end up holding like 10 percent drawdowns and stuff no i'm like straight up 0.5 percent risk that's it type of thing mm. so any trade where i'm like damn i shouldn't have taken that trade that's my worst ever trade yeah yeah um do you want to leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be meditate <laughs> Yeah. who would have guessed yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a, it's a it's a it's a good bit of advice because i mean i've tried it before and i've done it for a while but i sort of and i got good at it at one point and i've just sort of drifted off and i then i couldn't get back but i think mm. you've given me new inspiration to to at least download that thing from joe de Sibenza on youtube yeah. and use because that as a base is, a lot of people won't a lot of people won't do it because they don't know why they're doing it and they think they're just supposed to go in there and yeah. just feel this peace and enlightenment. No, that's not how it works because you'll have all of these four programs coming up. And most of the time, people sit in with their self in silence. They can't handle it because emotions will come up or programs or memories that they don't want to look at mm. will come up. And that's what they don't want to look at. Yeah. When in reality, that's what you need to be looking at to reprogram yourself. Yeah. But understanding Dr. Joe Dispenza and how he does it and how he explains how it works will definitely give you enough logic and inspiration to want to do it all the time lovely brilliant well look before we wrap up what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you you can get hold of me via instagram which is lewis kelly dot 55 l-e-w-i-s-k-e-l-l-y dot five five or we have a youtube channel which is prosperity academy Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Lewis for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Lewis in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners to trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Lewis. Now, we did shoot a video afterwards where he breaks down what he does on a price chart. So if you're looking to learn a thing or two about the markets, then go and check that out straight away after watching this. Uh, also, do remember that that City Traders Imperium Funded Trader World Cup is live. If you've passed funding challenges, then you've got a chance to enter that. And also, my Robot Lab Live is a new thing there on tradingnut.com. So go and check it out and see if it's right for you. All right, folks, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.